Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The Bucks were back at work preparing for their game Sunday against the Dallas Cowboys. It all begins this week, week one of the NFL season. And some great news to start the week as Derek Sharp joins us for Steve Versnick today. And Derek, Chris Godwin was out there as he has been practicing. But more importantly, no knee brace. This is a guy that came off an ACL surgery back in January he has done everything in practice from individuals to seven-on-seven seven and team drills, everything but contact, still in a non-contact jersey. But I think when you're a player and you take off the knee brace and say, mm-hmm. well, as he said to us, I don't like it and I don't need it. Those are two words you like to hear. Right. <laughs> no, I mean, we've all been through various degrees, different injuries in our lifetimes, and I've actually had a couple of ankles, and mm-hmm. uh, you, it, it is impossible to be confident until you are at that point that he is at. I mean, when you shed, when you shed that brace, that means you are basically good to go and getting to that point, if not already for him, that you're not thinking about it. And when you're, when you're, you know, prohibited from doing things that you normally would do, you shouldn't even be on the field unless your team really needs you. Fortunately with what the bucks brought in this off season and Julio, they don't really need him, but they'll take him. That is huge right there. No, it's big. And I think that, you know, the fact that, and it is cumbersome. I mean, I, you know, I know these guys wear this for stability and a lot of times it's recommended until they're at a certain point of healing. And that all makes sense to me. But by the same token, trying to watch these guys try to run routes and, and just, you know, it's not like a wristwatch where if you wear it for a while, you, you, you forget about it. Like the knee brace is literally on the joint that moves all the time. You're out there, you're playing football, you're sweating, all that stuff. And you feel it 24-7. I mean, until you take that thing off, I mean, it's going to be it's going to be in your mind because it, it definitely has an impact. So for him to be running freely like that, and he's still doing, you know, a lot of individual stuff, testing the strength and the flexibility and, the knee and all that. I get asked this question all the time, and I don't think we're going to have an answer until game day because, frankly, they don't have to give us one. And I don't think they want to advertise to the Dallas Cowboys necessarily that maybe Godwin is or is not playing. But it seems to me that Todd Bowles kind of let the cat out of the bag about a week or so ago when he was asked about, you know, what was the next step for Chris Godwin. And he basically said, look, um, he's been cleared to do everything. We have him in a non-contact jersey. We're clearly not going to, you know, tackle him to the ground. And until he gets hit below the waist in a game, there's really nothing that else we can do to him. In other words, he's got to go out there, play a game, take that shot, hopefully not on the knee, but take a shot below the waist, get back up, realize his knee is fine, and then mentally that's that's the biggest hurdle, right? There'll still be more, but that's the one that he's going to have to go go through, and it can only happen in an NFL game. And as Bull said, whether it's week one or week 10, that still has to happen, you know? So I think he's targeted to play this week. Um, it, I think it's it's trending that way. I suppose there could be a doctor or someone that says, well, there's not quite enough flexibility or enough strength. That's always a possible um, outcome. But it doesn't feel that way to me. It feels like 
okay, you know, first day of practice. Now, this is a bonus day on Monday. Um, they'll be off on, on today, and then they come back Wednesday to really begin the week of preparation for Sunday night's game. But I do think that, you know, in as much as this is really a, a regular season week of preparation, and Chris Godwin sheds the brace because he's ready to prepare to play. And I, I don't know how else you would take that um, except that way. And so I would say that he's definitely trending to playing. We'll see. Julio Jones looks great. Um, Russell Gage is back out there. They've got Mike Evans, obviously. Uh, you know, to put those four receivers on the field in week one against the Dallas Cowboys will be huge for Tom Brady if they could do it. It just reminds me of how deep they are. And, you know, the the best, I think, thing working in their favor is, you know, they don't, like I kind of hinted at earlier, they don't need him. It would be great. I think truly he would be a fourth option, but maybe even better than a, you know, 100% healthy anybody after those top three guys you named. Uh, yeah. it, would be, it would be a 75 to 80 to maybe 85% Godwin. So yeah. it, it's a luxury that, frankly, I wasn't expecting. And right. if they can, and I would guess they would do this, ease him in as much as you can mm-hmm. uh, and, and then get him to the point where once that, quartet is fully healthy and rolling out regularly every week yikes watch out yeah they'll do it a different way this year um obviously Gronkowski they got to make up about 50 catches 800 yards and about five touchdowns that sounds like Julio Jones to me particularly in the red zone although I I suspect and this is just a guess on my part I think Julio Jones is going to be more than what we realize um and and they would it would be smart of them to sort of you know keep him on a pitch count in terms of like how do we get this guy through eighteen games in a postseason? Um, he had trouble last the last two years, not just playing but also practicing. Hasn't had any of those issues so far. Um, they've been careful about how much they practice him, all of that. Now once you play games, injuries happen in football, and so we'll see if if his foot and, and hamstring, all those things, are able to hold up. Um, but. I, I have heard, and I don't know this to be absolute facts because we haven't talked to him yet. He, uh, Tom Brady had his Let's Go podcast, which we'll discuss in a minute. But at the end of the day, I think this is the sort of player that invigorates Tom Brady. I think Tom Brady has always been turned on by these guys, whether it's Randy Moss, to some extent, Antonio Brown. I mean, a year ago, the Bucks kicked off the NFL season on a Thursday night against the Dallas Cowboys at home as defending you know Super Bowl champions. And it was a hell of a game. It was back and forth. I mean, Dak threw for 400 yards. They, they only attempted to run Zeke like 11 times. They couldn't run the football. And they had those three great receivers at that time, Amari Cooper and, and Michael Gallup and CeeDee Lamb and those guys. And they put on a show, and it came down to a last-second field goal. But you know the guy that really stood out on offense for the Bucks, Antonio Brown. Had over 100 yards and a touchdown. He was fantastic in that game. And I think that um, – you could you could see a similar outcome again if Julio Jones gets off. He's he's only been thrown one pass this preseason. It was a twenty yard completion, and I and this is the kind of guy that lights up Brady. Um, they got him here. He's healthy. It's a big week. Obviously, there'll be a lot of attention for Sunday Night Football. Great matchup. Dallas, of course, they haven't really done anything in twenty five years, but that's okay. I really believe the Cowboys. <laughs> this is our year, you know, and all that. Um, God help the NFL and the rest of the world if Cowboys win. And I don't care who wins. Let me make that clear. I think I've proven that over the last 30 years of covering this team. Um, but uh, I do know that the national media and, and, uh, and certainly everybody that, uh, which seems to be everybody that, that follows the Cowboys, will be treating this as they're a Super Bowl team and Tom Brady is done. 
and the Bucks run is over. <laughs> and, and it doesn't – there's no narrative that will change until week two when the Cowboys go get, you know, the hell knocked out of them and maybe Tampa Bay beats New Orleans. But uh, that aside, it's going to be uh, it's going to be a great game. There was some other news uh, out at One Buck Place. One of the, uh, I guess, announcements you would say that Todd Bowles was willing to make is that Jamel Dean – has won the starting quarterback job, cornerback job uh, against the Cowboys, and he beat out Sean Murphy Bunting. It was a close race. Uh, those two guys were competing. They moved Murphy Bunting, uh, who had some uh, slot corner responsibilities, but they moved him strictly outside. He competed with Jamel. And Jamel Dean has always been, um, even, even superseding a guy like Carlton Davis, he's always been the most athletic corner they have. Uh, now, I know they got Zion McCallum, and he's got some freakish-type numbers, but Jamel Dean is a big, long, strong guy who ran like a 4-3-40. I mean, he's crazy athletic. But it's taken him a while, playing part-time, playing different roles, uh, to sort of catch up uh, to the NFL in terms of understanding the route concepts, what teams are trying to do to him, um, you know, what he can attack, what he can't. He always kind of sat back a little bit, had to learn how to play zone, those sort of things. Now he's on top of it. He gets it. He's very comfortable in the in the system, and when I talked to Devin White about him, he said, "Hey, this guy was incredibly aggressive in training camp, made a ton of plays, and so you hope if you're the Bucks that he carries that on to the regular season." Murphy Bunting will play and will play a lot because most teams, as you know, use more than two receivers on on about 60, 65, 66 percent of the downs. So you're going to need that extra defensive back somewhere, um, however they do it. But um, it's it's pretty cool for Dean. Um, to, to win the job and, uh, and a little bit of news there as well. Um, we also had captain's name, not much difference uh, from what you've seen in the past. Obviously, Tom Brady and Mike Evans and uh, Devin White and Levante David. One name, though, was Vita Vea is a captain for the first awesome. time, which awesome. I think is cool, the big guy in the middle. Well, you got to have that uh, fifth captain for days when Tom Brady's not there. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> sorry, sorry. Oh, you never got to go there, are we? <laughs> <laughs> sorry. <laughs> sorry. I'm just kidding, Tom, if you're listening. Uh, but no, that's good to see. And I know that Vita has always exuded that, you know, large persona in more ways than one. That yeah, did sure. not surprise me. I, I only thing that did surprise me, it does seem like most teams go with two on offense, two on defense, but they made room for him as it were. So that shows yeah. you, that shows you how, you know, tight those, those guys are top the leader, you know, uh, list, I guess you could say. Yeah. Voted by the players. And, and uh, again, talking to them, White, he said, no one was surprised that Vita was that guy. Vita also is the, is always the guy that keeps people loose. And, you know, he, he, he very rarely has a bad day. Um, you know, he's a serious football player, but he's also, as he appears, you know, when you see him always smiling, always cutting up, keeping keeping things loose. They're going to announce a special teams captain. I don't know if that would be Ryan Suckup would be maybe, you know, Zach Trine or one of those guys. Uh, maybe Jalen Darden. I don't know. Return guy might be might be a special teams captain. Long That's snapper. You never know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, Zach <laughs> Trainer has been there for years now, so he could he could certainly be that guy. So we'll see who they uh, who they uh, finally decide on special teams. I don't know what. Apparently there was some hanging chads on that vote. I'm not exactly sure why we didn't get the uh, the projection by NBC on that one, but um, uh, a hanging chad reference is never outdated, my friend. <laughs> well, you know, I can go further. I can go back to further elections. Believe me, I don't yeah. remember Kennedy's, but you know, <laughs> the whole bunch. Um, yeah, but there's there's a few. So uh, so yeah, there was a lot of news out there at uh, at the Bucks facility, and Tom Brady I mentioned was on Tom with Jim Gray. 
Oh, Tom, it's been a heck of an off season for you, you know, and they go into this whole thing about that's my Jim Gray. No, that's um, pretty good. It, it, it's kind of like I love Jim Gray, but he also sometimes he I'm not saying he's creepy. His voice just sounds a little bit creepy. It gets that's that all. way. Yeah. yeah. Especially with the, the awkward like segues, you know. Um, well, Tom, we know you're chasing that eighth ring. And that reminds us ring doorbell is the doorbell that you want to have. You know, it just goes in. It's like, what? Where do we go? Well, how does this happen? Well, folks, just a little precursor. I think Rick's going to be doing a little commercial in a few minutes, and I can't wait to hear how he transitions. <laughs> right. Oh, I'm going to have out. I'll have a Jim Gray transition. That'd be perfect. So, so today was his first. Uh, Let's go podcast, right? Um, yep. Kind of the uh, uh, week one edition. Of course, he does these on Monday nights after after his game with Larry Fitzgerald as the second half of the podcast, and um, you know, so Tom. Really didn't give a whole lot more insight to his uh, 11-day hiatus, if you will, although it was brought up. I mean, I give Jim credit for saying, you know, hey, you missed some time there, big guy. Um, and and all and all Brady said was um, a little bit of a version of, of what he told us, that he had some bleep going on back when we talked to him, you know, in the final preseason game um, in Indianapolis. But he kind of he kind of just, you know, like, look, I'm 45 years old, you know, like I, it, this is not the same as when I was 25 and all I thought about was football. And, you know, I've got a kid. He said he has a kid now, which I assume is Jack, who's playing high school football. Didn't know that. That's breaking news. I wonder if Jack's a quarterback. I wonder if there's any chance that Jack might be slinging it around up there <laughs> in New York. Uh, and then, he said, you know, and of course, you know, he's got Vivian and, and Benjamin here in Tampa. And he mentioned that his you know, his parents are older and he, and he, and he talked to his dad and then dad said, well, you can only do what you can do. Mention everybody, but his wife, Giselle. And I'm going to leave it right there, folks. That's all I'm going to say. Could have been omission. I don't know. Uh, but, you know, Tom clearly uh, family is on his mind, but he says he, he's all in. I mean, and we know that because Brady can't do anything that he's not all into 100% and then some. And of course, football, uh, he was asked because of Serena Williams and, you know, when she was playing in the U.S. Open, and they interviewed her after one of her matches. She said, "Well, I got, I had, I have nothing, absolutely nothing to lose. I have nothing to prove either." And and Tom says, "Well, I do, you know." And, and he, he's good friends with Serena, and he loves what she accomplished and how how she ended her career and all that. He says, "But I still have to prove, you know, that I'm a championship quarterback. That's that's what I'm hired to do, and I got to go out there every day, and I got to make those sacrifices and prove it." And you know, so if you doubted whether he's all in or not, he knows no other way. He definitely is. Um, most people, you know, know what he's going to do after football. Now we know he's going to go to Fox at some point, um, probably sooner than later, but he seems genuinely, um, excited, ready to go. And like I said, Sunday night football, no better proving ground, um, than, uh, than Dallas and AT&T stadium where it's going to be electric, which reminds me that reminds me, Tom, (laughs) electric solar. I thought you were going to go with his quote about the your life ebbs and flows through the clouds and the sun. <laughs> well, and that could have been a good one. Of, speaking <laughs> That's of right. Sun. Speaking of, well, Tom, speaking of the ebbs and flows in the clouds through the sun, that reminds me, May Electric Solar is a family owned. I'm not paid to do this as Jim Gray saw. So May Electric Solar is a family owned and operated business. They've been installing solar electric systems for 12 years in this field. It has a ton of these fly by night companies, but May Electric Solar is committed to you. For the long term, get this, they guarantee their workmanship with a 30-year labor and services warranty 
Plus, with every installation, you get $750 worth of surge protection for all your appliances. That right there is the May difference. So if you visit their Hudson showroom, May Electric displays all its products and conducts on-site testing. You can see exactly what they're going to install. Plus, they don't use subcontractors, so you know exactly who is doing the job. Start saving today. Call the solar energy experts, May Electric Solar, at 727-819-2862. You can schedule for a free estimate. You can lower your electric bill all year long. Preserve your quality of life and preserve your appliances as well. May Electric Solar, 727-819-2862. We haven't had a chance to talk college football, and it was, oh boy, college football weekend. And I was uh, glued to the television set on um, Saturday until, and we'll discuss this in a minute, I went to my first Rowdies game. Oh, listen. Let me tell you, did I pick the right one to go to with my daughters? I can't wait to hear that. That's great. This is going to be a great, great story. You got to wait for that um, because I know I'm talking to the right guy about about soccer and about rowdy soccer. Uh, But um, we're getting to the college football weekend. And my, oh, my, could could there have been more exciting finishes to the Florida uh, and – I'm trying to help me with who they played. They played uh, Utah, Utah, the Florida, Utah game, which is one I didn't get to watch live, by the way. And it, it I, uh, but it was worth it. And I'll get to that in a moment. So Florida, Utah, and then Florida state LSU crazy <laughs> game. I will say this. And if I have to bring my wife on the podcast, I will. I called the blocked extra point at the end of the game. Nice. Swear to you. I did, nice. which is not, which is not a great, you know, it's, it's well, not like a prediction. That's, that's, something you would never think of because Florida state had blocked it, kicked already. And they kind of been known for this when Bobby Bowden was around. So I called that one. Well, you and me both, because earlier in the day I was, you know, getting ready for the USF broadcast and they, whatever's on TV, they show a bunch of games before, you know, the bulls game starts and East Carolina had come back against NC state and they, they scored with about three minutes to go to make it 21, 20. And they put the camera on the receiver who scored the touchdown. And he was just doing all of this, like, like the game, like the game was over celebrating. Uh, I'm like, well, hold on. There's three minutes left and let's go ahead and get the extra point first. (laughs) And the guy shanks it. (laughs) So I, I, I did not foresee after a 99 yard LSU drive on the other hand, that, you know, going in Florida State's way dramatically oh, no with way. no time left, like you did. But man, that was amazing! And what a from start to finish that whole weekend was just—I mean, it was practically nonstop. We were watching the end of Florida Utah, actually, while we were doing the USF post game, and, and we just couldn't take our eyes off of it. It was just sensational, and uh, it really uh, kind of tied together the great drama of the first weekend, to me anyway, with the news that there's going to be an expanded playoff. Thank goodness. Uh, and they're probably going to get this started sooner than 2026 because perfect examples, especially a team like Utah, which right. is pre- preseason ranked seventh, the defending yeah. pac 12 champion. And in this system, that amazing game against Florida, neither of those teams should have been eliminated if they lost at the last moment. But guess what? Yay. 
great system. Utah losing that game eliminates <laughs> them in week one. So if the if the Bucks, by the way, you know, lose on an it's interception, right, so. uh, you know, whatever the score was, 29-26, their right. season's over as far as the playoffs go. So it was just good to see and sort of as a backdrop knowing that a game like that can actually happen and teams can actually schedule games like that at the beginning of the season, LSU, FSU, a perfect example, and you can actually afford to lose the game and still be in it because, you know, in this system, which is just the original 12-team system that was worked up and rejected by three of the conferences, and that is the the top five conference champions. And if Utah goes on and, you know, runs the table in the Pac-12, they would get in easily into a 12-team playoff, but they're done now. They're done for this year. They're just going to play out the string. But for the Gators, for the Gators, it was it was just an outstanding win. Very, very good stuff. Big win. Billy Napier, who, uh, you know, the rumor was he could coach a little. He kind of proved that. And yet, um, you know, still needed a Malcolm Butler-like interception at the end of the game. Mm-hmm. I mean, you don't want to give up the 98-yard drive. Here's the other thing that was curious to me was um, you've got a tie. Right. No matter what, you've got a tie. I mean, you're going to, well, we saw a bunch of block kicks, so maybe it wasn't automatic, but at least it looks like you're going to overtime in that situation. And I don't know, kind of throwing the ball in the end zone, looked like you threw a late night, the tight end kind of got knocked down or jostled around or what have you. You're not going to get a flag there. Um, but a tremendous stand by, by the defense, which, which needed 98 of those yards to hold him off. But credit Florida, man. I mean, you talk about, a, a crazy atmosphere. You've been to those Florida games, Derek. I have as well. And and they had nearly a hundred thousand people in that building uh, just screaming their heads off. And uh, most of them pro Florida. And it was, it was electric. I saw all the replays. I listened to the crowd. I listened to all of that. Um, what an exciting debut for him and uh, the head coach of Florida. And, and also, by the way, um, Dan Mullen, you might've picked the wrong quarterback last year, buddy. Oh my goodness. I mean, seriously, Anthony Richardson, jeez. <laughs> I mean, the guy, what couldn't he do? He, he rushed for over hundred yards. He had three touchdowns. He made a two point conversion. That was like some kind of like hocus pocus, the uh, sleight of hand thing. Uh, what he spun out and faked the throw and then hit a guy in the back of the end zone. He did everything. And, and yeah, maybe it's a year later, but I, I just remember Mullen talking about now, don't get too excited about Anthony. He's really talented, but he's not quite ready to play quarterback. Oh, well, you know what? That would have been on you because I would have found some way hmm. to have a, a whatever offense I needed to run. It was going to be with that guy playing quarterback because he is uber talented. And now, Derek, when you have a guy like that, you start thinking anything's possible, right? I mean, yeah, if you're not in the SEC, you mean, I mean <laughs> well, okay, fair. <laughs> no, I, I'm sorry. You still got I, Georgia I, and Alabama looming. I, I get that. But and, and again, 12 you give team a playoff, chance, right? 12, against 12, one of those teams. Exactly. 12 team playoff, you know, it puts, you puts the Gators in that, in that realm. So again, it sort of goes back against this drop that, you know, yeah. what's happening is happening at a perfect time. If not for this year, uh, I actually have not looked at the Gators schedule, which I will now and see if, I let's see. Uh, you know what? They got the cats this week. They go to Tennessee. They have to play Georgia, obviously in Jacksonville. They go Always. to tech. They go to Texas A&M. So it's, it's yeah. doable. It's doable. I mean, Georgia's always the neutral side and Bama's not on the slate. Uh, they get LSU at home. So yeah, I would, I, I would not knock them out of contention right off, right off the get there. 
mean, it just gives them hope, right? I mean, it gives them a reason um, to think that they can be relevant again or that it's certainly they're headed in the right direction. And, and uh, a quarterback like that, to be able to watch him play, he now becomes instantly going to be on the Heisman watch list and all that if he wasn't already ready. Um, but I, 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 it, it was a good to great win. Like there was a lot of talk in Utah how this was Utah's biggest opener uh, in, in, in many a decade because of all that they had. Uh, at stake and and like you said because of the current system not the 12 team playoff that they're going to go to which is genius and well overdue um, but but Utah coming to play an SEC team on the road at the swamp um, there was a lot of of hype about that and and we saw why we saw Florida hang in there even even despite giving up all those yards after they took the lead they get the interception in the end zone and away they go and then as we mentioned Florida State I, you know, I did, I'm not Brian Kelly's fake accent, notwithstanding. I don't know that that's a fit down there for him in LSU. And, and it's not probably fair to judge that after one game where I, I think I saw two really good football teams playing against Florida and Utah. I think I saw two competitive teams that aren't that good in LSU and Florida state, but it became a really good game because they were sort of evenly matched. Does that make sense? Oh, completely, uh, completely. And it was the, you know, the only game in town on a sure. a night. Um, but it was still great to see from Florida State. And I saw the quote from one of their players saying, this means we're back. My man needs to take a history lesson because that is what Miami fans say every year <laughs> right. when they beat the first team that, you know, is going to end up going 500 in the ACC. <laughs> uh, and LSU could end up going 7-5 and five this year. So, uh, you know. Allowing a 99-yard drive and then a score on the last play to head it into overtime and then blocking a kick doesn't exactly mean you are quote-unquote back, but I like Norvell. I really do. And uh, they certainly have a lot better-looking team than they've had in the last couple of years. Are they back? Nah, not quite yet. But, hey, it's always a good situation when Florida and Florida State are on the uptick. And it seems like it's been a while since they both – you know, fit that bill. Right. So I think we could be getting there this year. And they Miami, for that matter. Right. They did it on the same weekend. Miami with uh, Cristobal down there is going to be, uh, I think, better. And and um, so, yeah, I, it, was a, it was just great to have college football back. Of course, Notre Dame and Ohio State was the marquee game. College mm-hmm. game day was there. Um, I think Notre Dame just not enough offense, not explosive enough, and eventually wore down against Ohio State on the road. Um, but, you know, it, it wasn't the – I guess it wasn't the offensive explosion you'd expect necessarily from C.J. Stroud and the Buckeyes, um, you know, w- with what they had done last year. But we'll see. We'll see if if they crank it up as time goes on. And the other just thing that makes college football what it is is that there will be one or two or three games each week that you're not even looking at, and then they'll just become this spectacular – well, this big spectacle. And in this mm-hmm. case, early on Saturday, it was the – polar opposite games it was the Iowa beating South Dakota State seven to three with their defense outscoring their offense two safeties <laughs> to right. a field goal and Iowa I think last year was 121st in the country in offense and they actually had a worse day and they oh. still won and then on the other side Appalachian State North Carolina the game where Appalachian State scored six touchdowns in the fourth quarter and lost Unbelievable! <laughs> it was the uh let's see they were down by seven they scored with 30 seconds left they went for two guys wide open falls backwards game over oh wait onside kick 
North, oh. Carol- North Carolina says, oh, we recovered the onside kick and we're going to take it to the house instead of taking a knee, eight-point margin. Appalachian State actually scores a touchdown with two mm. seconds left and has another two-point conversion, but ended up losing whatever it was, 60 to 58. So that's what I love about college football. It was Crazy. just great to have it all. And I know there were games, you know, prior to the Saturday, but the Saturday was when it really all kind of hit. It's like saying that the college basketball tournament starts, you know, with those two, four games in Dayton. Yeah, technically, but then Thursday hits and here it is wall to wall. And it was great to have it back. I'm not exactly sure how we made it eight months without. <laughs> I know uh, we didn't, we're not going to spend any time on this because it was a, a, not a good debut for, for South Florida. I will say this. They played a really good football team. And it's unfortunate for them because they have a lot of new pieces and uh, the quarterback, there's no excuses, obviously, in in college football. Uh, Jeff Scott knows they got to be better than that. They'll have a chance to rebound against Howard and get things going. I I would much prefer to play the proverbial preseason-like game, um, which is what Florida State did when they played Duquesne. I think that probably helped them when they went and played LSU. But that wasn't what was on the schedule and credit BYU for coming in here and getting a big win. So, well, the thing is you can just, you, you can prepare all you want, but first of all, their quarterback, Jaron Hall, I think is, you know, <sighs> they, they, when they did put pressure on him, it didn't matter. I mean, he, he just made yeah. quick passes and uh, they, their scheme was outstanding, but the way the game started, you can think you're ready for anything and know that the opponent is good. But right. when you give up a end around for on the first play and yep. then on the next drive, you think you've got a scoop and score it turns out to be a forward pass. They convert a third and 11 on the next play with a draw. Mm. And and all of a sudden, it's 14 to nothing. Next possession, second play, pick six. Pick and you, six. Go from, you go from thinking you're tied to being down 21 nothing. You can think you're ready for that, but you, it's just impossible. It's an yeah. impossible hill to climb that over, and that's what happened. Now, if you're a Bulls supporter and you were calling for coaches to be fired, you know, midway through the third quarter, listen – Trust me, if they fall behind 28 nothing every week, that's going to happen. But I don't think that's going to be the case. I don't think they're going to have uh, uh, as poor of a showing the rest of the way. But if they do, then stuff will happen. I just don't see it. I think they're going to bounce back. Uh, it is going to be very difficult <laughs> week three going to Gainesville. But after that, Louisville looks palatable, and then we're into conference. So I think you know 500 is still possible. But obviously, they cannot fall in a twenty-eight nothing first quarter hole on a regular basis. That, no, that's what and, no and, and to your point, no team can. And I think the games have momentum. I also think seasons have momentum. And so now you've got to turn this week one loss to a really good team into a one and one start for you uh, against Howard, and then then you go from there and you try to you try to be competitive and compete and compete until you get into conference play and see what you can do there. So. Long way to go in the college football season, but it was an entertaining week one, to be sure. Um, I'll mention the uh, Tampa Bay Rays uh, had a comeback win against the Red Sox. Louis Patino pitched okay, pitched pretty well, actually. The bullpen did a phenomenal job. Rays scored enough runs. They were down 3-1, to one, I saw at one point. Um, got the hits when they needed them late. Uh, credit the Rays, man, I'll tell you. They're going to keep putting pressure on the New York Yankees. It's it's amazing. Uh, they If they had swept that series, they would have been three back. They are now five back. It stayed that way. The Yankees won as well. But there's a long way to go. More games with the Yankees, of course. And then the Rays have a pretty tough end of the season with uh, games against Houston and, and some others. The team that's come out of nowhere in a sense is Seattle. They I think they've won like nine out of ten or something like that. Um, they may have passed, uh, I think, Tampa Bay at one point. 
Um, so it's going to be a crazy, uh, you know, fight to the finish, but I, I, you feel good about what the Rays are doing, especially the way they're pitching and, and getting some timely hits. Wander Franco, I guess, had some at-bats in Durham, um, came out of the game, felt a little twinge, I guess, in that wrist, but they don't know that it's going to be very serious. I think they're going to give him a day off and uh, and see how he feels uh, in a little bit. But certainly if you could get Wander Franco back, that would be just another piece for you. But so far, you can't complain about the Rays are playing. They're finding ways to win. The pitching has been outstanding. And uh, really, at this point, it's all about just making the playoffs. And if you can win the AL East, that's great. Yankees still have a long way to go. And they're still not – they're not really not trending upward. I mean, they've just been struggling since the end of the All-Star break, with the exception, of course, of Aaron Judge, who seems to be doing everything for them. So, <laughs> Well, I can tell you that I saw Sh- – Shane McClanahan had a shoulder impingement, got a cortisone shot, and felt a lot better. I had the exact same thing, and it it'll it'll hold you. It'll hold you for about a month, but he's he's probably going to have to get a couple more of those babies. He's going to feel it again. Yeah, exactly. But hey, listen, I'm sure the team doctors are fully aware of what's going on with him. So if they can just listen to to win the division, it would be incredible. Uh, but I'm just blown away by what they've done, and also equally thrilled to see what the Yankees have not done their worst their worst month in 31 years so incredible yeah uh, did not did not predict that had already chalked it up had already said well it's got to be about the wild card and to to even have it as a possibility that the race could win the division is is simply amazing flexibility is great that's why there's yoga flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too that's why there's united healthcare insurance plans Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. It would create a quite a situation, maybe, where a dueling deep runs in the playoffs could be happening with the teams in St. Pete transition. You got yes. to see the Rowdies, man. My Six- first Rowdies game. And my, and I, and listen, uh, this is not anything against soccer, which I have no particular, uh, you know, feelings for one way or the other. I didn't play it. I, I covered it. I, I, I watch it on TV on occasion. My, my nephew is a big soccer player. So we, anytime I'm around him, we're always watching European soccer and things like this. However, I have not been to a Rowdy's game. Everybody told me, you got to go to Rowdy's game. You got to go to Rowdy's game. You got to go to Rowdy's game. Well, it just so happened that one of our good friends um, was having a birthday. And she played college soccer. And she is a huge Rowdy's fan along with her husband. So Hunter and Sydney, our, our two friends, um, had the uh, – and, and, and I was not familiar with, with the setup because – to me, Alang Stadium was always a baseball field, so I have not been there huh. uh, as it was now a soccer uh, stadium, as you know. And so, uh, you know, the, I have history, like, before they built the current Alang Stadium, there was the old Alang Stadium. My mom and dad met there, okay? So that that venue has special meaning to the Stroud family because, literally, I would not be talking to you right now had there not been a St. Pete Saints and uh, and, 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 and a woman from Pennsylvania who came down, whose, whose brother was here and, and loved baseball. But that aside, <laughs> um, we're, we're watching, uh, first game. Now we are down, you'll know the configuration, Derek, cause you've been there. Uh, we are down in sort of the Partyville area, uh, mm-hmm. uh by one of the goals, I guess that would be the Southern goal, yep. uh, as the stadium seat sits there uh, closest to the Bayfront, uh, arena, I guess. 
Yep. And, and so we're down there and, and I am six feet from the pitch, as they say, I'm like six feet. I mean, we can hear the conversations. We can, we can. Oh, that, uh, that really actually adds a lot to it. Oh I mean, my gosh. It's, it's unbelievable. There's something to be said for like, if I'm at a game and I'm in the stands and I have to be in the stands, I want to actually be at the end because you can see if a, if a goal is going in a lot easier than you can on the side. Yes. But, but uh, like I, I, I do men's and women's soccer matches. In fact, we're doing four in six days cheap plug for tuesday night wow. the men's yeah. soccer team is playing host to washington which was the national runner-up last year and is Whoa. ranked second in the country so Whoa. the point is when i'm calling those games i get a good viewpoint of it but then every now and then uh i'll be at a game where i'm not broadcasting and i'm getting down to be on the field getting to be down on the field what a difference i mean oh you, my gosh isn't it intense and great uh, the speed is is the thing that got me you know, like, because from a distance, you, you kind of follow the ball. Most people follow the ball, I guess, if you don't know the game very well. Um, but you, fo- you follow the ball. But when you're down there and you see the speed of these guys and, and just their ability, uh, which is re- remarkable. Like, I, I mean, the, the skill that they have, um, it, if you're down there and you watch them closely and, you're, and you can see it and hear them talk, um, and the communication that goes on that you're maybe not aware of, it's, right. it is, it's a different game. And of course, luck would have it. And my girls had not been to a Rowdy's game and I didn't, they love hockey. I didn't know how they would love soccer. They played soccer before hmm. they were engrossed. They were and of course we saw six goals. I mean, <laughs> hello, six goals, uh, a, a, a franchise record. And four of them were scored on that end that we were at in the first half. It was just, it was fun. Um, the crowd was into it. It was a lot. It was a good crowd, by the way. And, um, yeah, uh, I, I can't, if you haven't been, and I finally now have been, I can't recommend it enough. It was, it was amazing. And you talked about the skill and first of all, the win did clinch a playoff spot. That was kind of a, you know, foregone conclusion, but what's right. most, most important for them is they did lose a couple games in a row, a couple weeks back on the road, one being to Louisville, which is looking like it's going to win the conference. But now the Rowdies are in second place ahead of Memphis, which has kind of been above them for a while. And why that's important is this year, there's going to be in each conference, seven teams make the playoffs. So if you're the one seed, obviously you get a buy and mm-hmm. you get to host straight through maybe to the final. If you're the two seed, you Unlike the three seed, you are assured of being at home for two rounds. That's a huge difference That's for them. Huge, yeah. Because you know you got to see it how big their home field advantage is. But you mentioned the skill, and you know on TV you could be watching, you know, a soccer match or glancing at one, and it doesn't really do anything for you to see a ball kicked fifty yards across the field and a player settles it and it stays stuck to their leg, like right. how it doesn't even look like anything. But in person, you Remarkable. see. You see yeah. this skill and you're like, okay, I get it now. So I'm glad yeah. you got the experience. And like you said, uh, if anyone hasn't been to a Rowdy's match, unfortunately they're on the road for the next two. They go to Charleston and Detroit for their home for two in a row late later on in September. And there's actually four more home regular season matches. And like I just said, a chance for two more after that. So there's plenty of chances and they definitely deserve uh, some love. I'm glad you gave it to them. Glad you got to see them in person. By the way, it's a long season. Yes. I mean, this is, they started when? In March? It is a, I'm pretty sure it's a six-month season now. Goodness. Uh, I mean, that's <laughs> the other thing I couldn't get over. I was like, when, how, when did they start? And somebody said, well, it's, you know, last spring. Like, it's, this goes all the way. Down. I was like, wow, that is a long, long season. So they're finally 
sort of nearing the end of it, I guess. Well, they wanted to change it up this year. They wanted to have everyone play a true schedule. It's been because of COVID and travel reasons, very divisionally based, uh, where you right. would play you would play the other three in your division four times each, mm. and just a couple teams in the other conference. But now you're playing everyone in your conference just twice, but home right. and home, home and home, and then essentially every team Everyone in the West else. once, and it, it it really has worked out. It's been a nice year for the league, and even you know, with all that's gone on, I thought it was going to be very difficult for the Rowdies to maintain what they did last year. They were the number one overall seed. They got to the final, and they just got shell-shocked by Orange County, which, by the way, is in last place this year. So it shows you that to be consistent is not a given, and the Rowdies have done it uh, just a few points out of first place. So, like I'll you tell said, you what, they're good. I mean, I, I, ha- I saw one team, and I don't think Las Vegas is, a, is necessarily a top-tier team, but – the pitch was slanted because I would mm. say 85% of the action was in their end. Well, uh, Las Vegas is they're they're around 500 and they're right on the playoff cut line in the West. So that was like a team that was really fighting for something. And they right. just, they just well, they played didn't hard, have it. but they got dominated. I mean, yeah. it was, you know, and the goaltending was good. I mean, everything about that team cool. said to me that they they've got something going and, um, and you can see it. And, and certainly good crowd at home, nice venue. Is there anything more, listen, I'm not one of these guys that like lobby for where the stadium should be. The water, oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> what a event. And you know what? Here's the thing. It's the middle of September, the beginning of September, which is a little warm traditionally here. And of course you have to duck thunderstorms at this time of year, which we all do. And maybe it was because it was after the rain had already come through there. It was darn right. Pleasant. There was a nice breeze. It wasn't hot. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought to myself, this would be great for any sport right now to be outdoors. And that's, we don't get to experience that enough. Of course, the Bucks games, obviously, but um, when you're talking about baseball and things like that, but it was, and, and, and just beautiful. I mean, St. Petersburg has changed so much. They continue to build these, you know, amazing condos that I could never afford, but nonetheless, <laughs> uh, it does look like Monaco there on, on the, uh, on the waterway and, and man, oh man, um, what a great place to play. Yeah, yeah, and they always get the benefit of that breeze off the water, and their matches are always at night, so they're never going to schedule anything for twelve or one or anything like that, like an NFL right. game. So it it is it, it every way you can do it, and they just play a lot better at home. Not that they're bad on the road, but they rarely lay an egg at home, so you know you're going to get entertainment all the way around. Yeah, well, six goals. I I thank the Rowdies for knowing that I was coming because they <laughs> uh, they put on a show for us. All right. Well, the Bucks will uh, continue uh, their efforts. They are off today. They'll be back on Wednesday. We'll have a chance to talk uh, more with Todd Bowles. Uh, I think uh, sometime this week, probably Wednesday or Thursday, Byron Leftwich will be available. Then Tom Brady at some point. Usually he does his thing on Thursday. So lots of Bucks coverage as they get ready for the Dallas Cowboys. The Rays continue their series against the Boston Red Sox as they try to keep pace with the Yankees. And a nice comeback win for them. So we'll see if they can keep it going, especially been successful here of late at home. Uh, just a reminder that May Electric Solar, they're a family-owned and operated business. They've been in this area for 12 years. Um, you can visit their Hudson showroom. They display all their products and they conduct on-site testing so you know exactly what they're going to install. 30-year labor and services warranty, $750 worth of service protection. What else do you want? Start saving today. Call the solar energy experts, May Electric Solar at 727-819-2862. Schedule your free estimate. You can lower your electric bill and preserve the quality of your life and your appliances. 
Derek, I can't thank you enough for filling in. Steve Versnick will be back. He was at the Michigan game. He had a great weekend. Then he went and saw the Tigers play. So I look forward to hearing all about that. Meanwhile, <laughs> we can find you with all the USF uh, sports and news where. Thank you very much for asking. And actually, we're now on a different streaming service, so the question is definitely a good one. Uh, USF Bulls Unlimited, we are starting year number six. We are the home for football and basketball and baseball and softball and soccer and volleyball and a daily show I do called Bulls Beat, although not one today because I worked about 10 hours today and I'm actually giving myself Labor Day Tuesday morning off. But we'll be back back, uh, working because we carry the Jeff Scott Press Conference live. I'll set that up late Tuesday morning, and I'll be, like I said, calling the soccer match as they're playing number two Washington. Now you can get USF Bulls Unlimited on the TuneIn app. It is free. If you see anything on the TuneIn app that says, you know, try a seven-day free trial and then it's $7.99 a month, ignore that. Escape out of it. To listen to USF Bulls Unlimited, it is free. And now with hardly any delay, by the way, we found that out on Saturday when stuff was happening on the football field. You were hearing it five seconds later as opposed to about like 85 seconds later. So we love being on the TuneIn app, and we are 24-7. And just search USF Bulls Unlimited. Thanks for uh, the little promotion there. Does a fantastic job, Derek Sharp, uh, on Bulls Unlimited. Thanks for spilling in. Um, for Steve Versnick, who will be back tomorrow, and Derek Sharp, I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. Have a great day, everybody. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 